Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Many years ago, I was living in Hong Kong as a banker. I had a chance to travel down to Manila, Philippines. I wanted to um, find a church that I can worship while I stay down in Manila. But I did not know too many people at that time, so I decided to ask one of my friends where I should be going once I'm down in Manila. And I was introduced a sister in the Lord, a born-again Christian, a sister whose name I don't even remember this day. And I was introduced uh, to her, and the I, with my family at that time, flew down to, uh, from Hong Kong to Manila. I've never seen the lady. I've never been to the church. I had no idea what to expect once I arrived in Manila. But when I got there, the sister that I was introduced to was waiting for us at the airport. And she brought a car, and she took us to a hotel. Then she took us for a tour around the city of Manila. And after that, she bought some food for us to share together. I certainly do not deserve from somebody that I hardly knew. But somebody was willing to spend time and money and come out and treat us as good as possible in Manila. And I thought about that. Okay. What have I done for this family? What have I done for this sister? I know she's a born-again Christian. Perhaps she's a good Christian. But beyond that, I had very little knowledge of who that person was. But she treated us well. She took us everywhere and showed the city around and also uh, spent time and money to, uh, to feed us. And to some sense, it was strange to us. Why would someone treat us, who they never seen before, in this way? She could have simply um, come and greet us at the airport, then just drop the hotel. Then she could have said, I'm too busy, so enjoy your stay in Manila. And she could have walked away, and there's nothing that I can really say about that. But she stayed. She spent the time with us. She spent her money. She spent her talents with us that I may, we may enjoy our stay in Manila. There's something that is beyond our differences. We have 16 countries represented within our church. And there are many members, muchos miembros. But the Bible is very clear. There is only one body. Many members, but there is one body in Jesus Christ. The sister in Manila treated us not because we are so good, not because they knew, she knew us. Only reason she did that was because she was a sister in the Lord. Because she was a sister in Jesus Christ. That supersedes every difference we may have this morning. Yes, we do share our cultural differences linguistic differences, our customs different, in many differences, but in Jesus Christ, 
all is possible, and in Jesus Christ, we can supersede every difference or all the differences we may have amongst us. That's the beauty of knowing Jesus Christ. That's the power of Jesus Christ. That's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that causes all believers to be united in himself. That's the whole point. Many members within a church, but there should be one body, not many bodies, many members for Christ, members of Christ, but they are here to form a one body in Jesus Christ. And chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians speaks much about the church, about the many members within a church with different gifts. But the conclusion at the end is simple. Yeah, there are many members, but there's really one body. And there's one trait that unites everything together, and that is a love for Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ as much as you do. We all love Jesus Christ as much as anybody else. When the love adheres us together, that works as a kind of a, the glue together, and that, that makes the difference. Yes, having a multi-ethnic ministry as this can cause different problems. It can be different. There may be some cultural clashes, even misunderstandings. But none of these should hinder us to form a church that God is pleased with. As I earlier indicated, when we get to heaven, it's not going to be just one race. It's not going to be all white or all black or all brown. We'll still maintain some of our characteristics in heaven. And unless we are willing to build a church, perhaps a little heaven on earth, the way the Bible prescribes, we're not really enjoying the foretaste of heaven that we'll enjoy in eternity. So the whole point is, let us build together, since God has led us together to this church, let us commit ourselves to build a church that is not only pleasing to the sight of God, but that is an example before the society, which becomes highly multi-ethnic. So let me share with you a few things this morning, very briefly. Let me share three things. How does God build his church? How does God build his church? He does that, number one, by leading the members into the church. How does he, die by this, he, he does that by leading the members into the church? Verse 12 says, For as the bodies one, and as many members, and all the members of one body, being many are one body, simply many members. Yes, we have different ethnic groups. We have many members in the church, but there is only one body. 13 reads, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14 reads, for the body is not one member, but many, many members. But there's one body. And these members are led by the Holy Spirit. God designs and builds his own church. And Jesus died for our sins 
so that we may become his materials to build his church. The Holy Spirit builds his church by using our members. And that's the way that God's built his church. And in order to do that, he will lead the members, or the Spirit will lead the members into a church. So many members, different walks of life, young, old, female, male, children, adults, you name it, there are different parts within the body. The question is, am I necessary in building within this church? You may think I am somewhat, I'm just feeble. I'm weak in many ways. I don't know much. Perhaps you may feel that I'm not a necessary member of this body. But Bible makes it very clear. Every member is necessary in order to build his church. And you are here, and if you believe you are led by the Holy Spirit into this congregation, you are here for God's purpose. You may not fully understand what God is doing with your life, but you will one day. But you are here because God has led you into this place. I've never met the sister in Manila. We have some Jamaican families with us today. And unless there was a church, unless Jesus Christ was the one who led you into this congregation, I would have never met you. I've never been to Jamaica, that is yet. But because of Jesus Christ, we are all here. Because of the Holy Spirit who baptized us into one body, that's the reason we are here this morning. Raise your hand if you believe you are led by the Spirit into this congregation. Yeah. We all are in Los Angeles. But I remember distinctly talking to our family members, if I ever go and leave Korea and live overseas, I'll choose one of the two countries. I'll either go to Australia or Canada. Because those are countries that I lived before. If I ever leave Korea and live in overseas, I'll either go to Australia or Canada. Then guess what? God led me to Los Angeles. <laughs> Out of all the beautiful cities in the world, I lived in Vancouver, Canada for five years. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. If you've ever been to Canada, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, city. People are nice and the people are relaxed and or lazy or whatever, you know. So it's a beautiful city and beautiful country to settle down with your children and, uh, you know, raise. But out of all the cities in the world, out of all the cities even in the United States, God led me to Los Angeles. One of my uncles lived in Los Angeles when he was a student. He came as a student from Korea a long time ago, and he was a student. After a while, he dropped out of school, and he ended up working as a laborer in Koreatown. You know, it's tough. He, I guess he was dishwashing and he was doing all these uh, manual uh, jobs. And the, uh, he told me distinctly, if you ever go to the United States, do not go to Los Angeles. <laughs> it's one of the worst cities in the world. Dirty, crowded, and it's bad. So I had that image before I came here. Ah, uh, Los Angeles, no good. Yeah, it's no good. Compared to Sydney, ah, uh, Los Angeles, no good. 
compared to Canberra in Australia, Los Angeles is nothing. But amazingly, the Spirit led me here. You know, brothers and sisters, I'm glad I came to Los Angeles now. Had I not come, I would not have you met you. I'm glad today that you are here with us today. Many members, but one body. God does that in order to build his body. That we may function together. We may function as a body together. Verse 15 reads, If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not of the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? How many fingers do you have? Do you have 10? Brother William, do you have 10 dedos? You have 10, not nine. Oh, you have eight. Oh, Brother William has only eight, eight fingers. I have ten. Yeah. Have you ever done shooting, Brother William? Gun? Okay. Which finger would you use? Yeah, that's the one. That index finger with the one that I'll use here. But God gave us 10 fingers. Let's say we have only nine without this guy here. Then what do you do? I guess you could do this way, yeah. But if you have only eight, there must be a reason behind God gave us 10 fingers. How many toes do you have? 10? Are you sure? Imagine you do not have the big toe. I'll have a terrible time standing up here without my big toes, right? There must be a reason God gave us ten toes, ten to, I'm sorry, ten toes and ten fingers that my body may function properly. That's what God is designing us to do. He not only builds a body, but he's, he wants to make sure the body actually functions as a body. That's why I need you, I need you, we need you, and we need you, and every one of us is vitally important in this body. So what happens if you miss your Sunday service? Oh, I'm so tired today. Yeah, this is the English Sunday. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on. I think I'll sleep in today. What if? Your role is like the index finger. Yeah. The body may not function properly if you are not here. The Holy Spirit leads us into this place. It's amazing. Look at all these flags. Okay. I don't even remember which flag is which here. And out of 16 countries, the only few that I've ever visited, 
I've been to El Salvador, I've been to Ecuador, uh, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, but beyond that, I've never been to any other countries. But isn't it amazing? We have all these flags next to each other, next to the United States flag and the Christian flag, and we all say we are one in Jesus Christ. Because God leads his members into a body that the body may be built, then, then function properly for his work. So that's the reason. Many members, but there is one body because God lead us that he may build his body to function properly. Then secondly, I want you to notice with me, God, this is what God does. God places us, uh, places the members so that he may be pleased. I want you to look at verse 18, please. Verse 18 of chapter 12. But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. It pleased God to place David in this body. It also pleased God to place Brother Stanley in this body. It is also pleased to place Kevin, Brother Kevin, in this body. I don't know about that. Yeah, but we'll say that the, uh, say God, yeah. See, it's, it's, the God, it's the God who places us. By doing that, he's pleased with them. God places each one of us within a body as it hath pleased him. It pleases God when you are placed in this congregation. It pleases God when you, you function as a member of this body, as a part of this body, because God is pleased to place you in this place first place. So we need to realize that the, uh, I, I'm going to switch my church. Okay, I don't like this church. I don't like the pastor. I don't like the, uh, the color of socks he wears. Whatever the reason that the, you want to leave your church. It's incredible what kind of reasons people come up with when they want to leave the church. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the pastor. I don't like the pastor's wife. I don't like the... Uh, Incredible how easy for some of us just to leave a church and join another church as if it is God's perfect will for us. But Bible is very clear. It is God who places us within his church to do his work. If it's God who placed you here, you stay here until God moves you. That means until God moves you to heaven not to another church. <laughs> All right? So stay here. And some of us have been here a long time. Some of you stayed over 20 years in this church. And many of you stayed over 20 years. But it is God who places us because he's pleased with them. And not only that, he places us in order to temper the body together. In verse 24. In verse 24. But God has tempered the body together. Tempered means he balances everybody together. Like the, uh, we have rough edges paths. We have shortcomings here and there. God will make sure everything is done properly in an orderly fashion. And God tempers us. We are rough. We have rough edges which need to be smooth and 
God does that through friction, through fellowship. Okay. Yeah. Whenever we get together and we have fellowship and so on, there may be some frictions. There's a pressure that is building. The friction is created. But in a sense, it is good because that will help, help us to grow in Christ. And through that kind of process, God tempers the whole body, a well-balanced body. Let me ask you a question. If you were to go to, a, let's say, a museum called Louvre in Paris, what would be the one masterpiece, one picture you want to go and see? Mona Lisa. It's supposed to be one of the masterpieces by who? Da Vinci, yes, yes. I went there and saw it. I was, I was suggested to, don't just look at the picture. You're not going to get the whole picture. And this is supposed to, you got to go this way, you look at the picture. Okay, you go over here and look at this way, the picture. Then Mona Lisa is laughing from one direction. She's very stoic kind of position from one direction. And you're supposed to look at her from different directions to appreciate the masterpiece of Da Vinci. It's a masterpiece. God wants to create a masterpiece here on earth as well. Our creation, our salvation itself is a masterpiece. It's a supernatural event. It's the greatest event on earth. And your salvation is greatest. It is worth more than the whole world. That's what the Bible says. Your salvation is great. The church is great. And God wants to temper the church by, by to make a masterpiece. And Mona Lisa, we all know, is a masterpiece of paintings. And we know that the God's church should be a masterpiece here on earth. And this is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, or his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We are workmanship of God. We are a masterpiece of God. Whether individually or as a corporate body, we are masterpieces of God. Sister Martha does not think Brother William is a masterpiece. Martha, masterpiece? She said, yes. That's why they've been married so long. I think they've been married for about 50 years by now. So, uh, yeah. Because she regards her husband a masterpiece. And William is a masterpiece. Yes. Every one of us is a masterpiece. Sister Pharisee, she's a masterpiece in the sight of God. Yes? Yes. Yes. There is an architectural masterpiece in India. You already know which one I'm talking about. It was built in 17th century in a place called Agra. That's the south of New Delhi in India. It took 12 years to build that structure. It's a beautiful structure, and millions and millions of tourists come every year to 
see this structure. And what's the name of this structure? Taj Mahal. Yes, one of the masterpiece architectural kind of a giant. It's a masterpiece. And that's what God has in mind. He wants to lead us into a, into a church, into a body, that he may build a masterpiece. By what? By placing us together. And through frictions and different conflicts and different uh, processes that we all become much better pieces. Just like creating a puzzle. We are all different pieces of a puzzle and when we place those some puzzle, we don't know what's, what the shape is gonna be, but when it's done, you see the masterpiece at the end. Wow, that's a beautiful scenery, that's a beautiful one. And that's what God wants to establish, that built here by tempering us and by doing things beyond our understanding so that we may become a masterpiece better than Mona Lisa or better than Taj Mahal. And we should all be proud. Okay. We bring all these different backgrounds, different traditions, hopefully they are good, different customs and different linguistic backgrounds and hopefully that God will temper all of us in a, such a wondrous way that we will continue to become a masterpiece of God. I'm not just talking about the buildings, the facilities, or the food that we're gonna enjoy, we're talking about people. And it can be done if we simply let the Lord be the designer and let him be the architect of the construction. So God lead us by his spirit to one body. Then God places us into a body that he may build a masterpiece one day. Then finally, let me just say one more point. God does build his church by uniting us in Jesus Christ. I want you to look at verse 25. There should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care one for another. Then Bible speaks about suffering in verse 26. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Let me say this emphatically one more. We are, we, we have all different backgrounds. I appreciate that. I love you for it. We had no choice. I was born as an ethnic Korean. I did not choose my parents. I did not choose my country. I had no choice. God designed that way. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I never regret in my life that I was ever born as ever Korean. Okay. Many of you have that national kind of pride, That's, which is great. Okay. I appreciate that, and I love them for you, and I love each one of you, but we must go beyond that. Unless we are willing to go beyond that, we are missing the whole point. Yes, we all came to this country, the greatest country on earth, the most affluent country, the freest society in the world, despite all the shortcomings. Yes, this is the country built on freedom. 
And we all chose to come for different reasons, but we are here is the fact that we are all, in a sense, Americans. Yes? So I want you to learn the language if you can. Learn English as much as possible. I know it is difficult language. I know that. Yes? But enjoy your freedom, enjoy your culture and everything else, enjoy your ethnic language, but learn English because that's the language that is spoken in this country. Unless you appreciate the language, you will never be able to understand this country. You will never appreciate the beauty of this country. You never appreciate the, how this country is founded. The Judeo-Christian ethics, the principles that are based in order to build this country. America is not perfect. Yes, it's not perfect. But I can tell you, this is the most free country in the world, despite the shortcomings, and we make a bunch of mistakes. But the, uh, this is the country we chose to live. So let us learn the country so that we may all be better Americans. And one more step beyond that. Yes, be American as much possible, but I want you to be a Christian. Be a Christian through salvation, through baptism, and be a part of a Christian church. Be a part of a church so that you may do what God has called you to do. All the ethnicities, great. All the diversity, praise the Lord for it. That's the way God created us. But unless there's a unity in Jesus Christ that supersedes all the diversities, we are missing the whole point. Yeah. We'll never be able to build a church that is pleasing to God. We must become more Americanized. Yeah. Yes, enjoy your language. Come to Spanish ministry, come to Korean ministry. Praise the Lord. We'll be wonderful. But try to get the, get the best out of this country as much as possible. Get to know the country. Get to know the history of the United States how the churches were built in this land, how the pilgrims came, how the early churches were built, how the churches flourished, and how the society changed because of the churches. Especially in, this, in, the, in the southern part of the United States, all the Baptist churches preaching the word of God. People are saved, and they're getting into the churches, and churches are making changes in the society, and we need to understand all these beauties of this country in order to appreciate how great we are as Americans. Okay. Don't just go out there and I'm an anti-American. Yeah. Don't just go out and apologize to everybody that we are sorry because we try to we try to force American values onto your lives. Thirty-seven American GIs died during the Korean conflict. I think that's the correct number. 37 young men and women died during the Korean conflict, American conflict. Let me ask you a question. How many Koreans died for the nation of the United States? When was the last time Korea participated in an American conflict and died or shed the blood that America may enjoy the freedom today? None. So let us all appreciate what America stands for. And beyond that, 
we must appreciate and love the fact that we are united in Jesus Christ. If you miss that point, if you miss the fact, I'm just here because I only speak Spanish. I'm here because I only speak Korean. No, that's, that, you are missing the point. We are united in Jesus Christ. And every member is precious in the sight of God. And every member has a function to fulfill, you know, to build this church together. Many members, but one body. That's the whole point. Many members, yes. Yeah, muchos miembros, but una cuerpo. Yes? One body in Jesus Christ. So that's the whole point. To care for each other, to suffer for each other, to rejoice each other. So let me say, now you are the body of Jesus Christ and members in particular. And you are precious in this congregation. You're precious in this church. And your role is as important as my role. So let us build together one body by uniting in the name of Jesus Christ. Building a church, I'm almost done. Imagine you're building a sandcastle. It takes hours to build one on the beach. You sweat, you're careful to build it. So you build a beautiful sandcastle after hours and hours of sweat and labor. How long does it take to destroy it? Just a one stroke of wave. Wave will come and destroy the castle. That's what happens to a church. It takes years to build one together. Much effort, much sweat, much giving, much service. But oftentimes it takes just a couple of minor events that destroys it just like a sandcastle requires just one stroke of wave. But let us remind ourselves we should all be like oil, the fluid. When you go to, a, go to, a, go to change your oil, we all have a car, right? Occasionally, we will do our oil change. We replace the old with new. There are three things that oil does to your engine. Three things. Number one, it cleanses. It cleanses the engine. With the new oil, it cleanses the old muck and old dirt out of the system. It cleanses with oil change. It also lubricates. It causes the pistons go up and down a lot smoother because it's a much better oil. Because piston needs to go up and down, you know, to move the car forward, right? Okay. So oil change will help your pistons to run smoother. And also it will clear the pistons and all the muck out of the system. But there's one other factor, one other reason why we do oil change. That is cool the engine. Yeah, the oil itself actually cools 
the engine, cause the friction that's generated as the pistons go up and down. It is, it is revolving at about, what, you know the tachometer, right? 7,000, 7,000 revolutions per minute. It's very, very fast and very mean. And oil cools that friction that is generated. Each time the piston goes up and down and it creates friction and oil cools that. And as a church, we create friction. We try to do things together as a body. It creates friction. Whenever we want to do something better or more for the Lord, it will create friction. That's why we need oil. And the Holy Spirit does the work of cooling the pressures or the frictions that generate as you work together. So I want you this morning to make sure that I'm a part of this body because God is pleased to place me here. I'm important because, not because I'm so important uh, myself, but the, I'm because God has placed me in this place for a reason. And I want you to make sure that we must be united in Jesus Christ in order to build his church or in order to build a little heaven on earth. Mrs. Brooks sang a beautiful spiritual song a few minutes ago. I was listening to it, and she sang, I'll see Abraham. Then she went to Jacob, then Isaac. I was wondering why. Why not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? The order was kind of a switch there, but the, I guess that's the way the words are written. Then, yeah, great, our loved ones are there, and all the saints are there, but what is the point there? We'll get to see Jesus. Yeah. As, as another song goes, when we all get to, when we all get to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And what do we do? We'll see Jesus. It will be worth it all. When we see who? That makes the difference. And that's the spirit. That's the oil. And that is the power that generates his truth.